Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby and I just got back from my first ever live recording of the show and it was in Scottsdale. It was hosted by Lash Affair and it was amazing and I can't wait to do it again. Today I'm interviewing Vanessa Keys. She's the owner of Face Lash and Brow Studio in Providence, Rhode Island. And we're just going to be talking about what it's like being a salon owner and also what it's like working in a state where the lash industry is unregulated. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you're listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio. And also Vanessa's lash pages are Outlash Artistry and also Face PVD on Instagram. So without further ado, here is Vanessa. Okay, Vanessa, tell the listeners just how you got started in this industry. Like what made you want to start doing lashes? Okay, so I was a cosmetologist. I probably got my license right after high school. So it was like 2008. So I have been doing hair for like almost five years at this point. And I started managing at a salon that also had a spa and the estheticians were doing lashes and they were probably the only ones in our area that were doing it. And I didn't really know anything about it, but I had been getting my lashes done. And Mm -hmm. because they were the only ones, they got really busy. So the owner decided to train all of the girls doing hair, which I definitely did not feel ready for yet. (laughs) And I kind of just got thrown into it and I really never thought that I was going to be able to do lashes. I realized that my eyesight was terrible. I had no idea what I was doing, but eventually I just like, she just kept throwing clients at us and I was just teaching myself. And Mm -hmm. then lashes just ended up taking over everything. And I just gave up hair completely. So how long do you feel like it took you to get comfortable with lashing? Really comfortable, probably a couple of years because I didn't have any formal training. It was just the girls yeah. around me and the salon owner at the time who now does have her own like lash line and she does training full time. But because I worked for her already, I didn't have like a sit down class. It really mm-hmm. was just me thrown into it. Um, so it's probably a couple of years before I took it upon myself to take more classes and like really learn what I was doing. Yeah. And then as far as like your eyesight, what have you done to help you see better when you're doing (laughs) lashes? (laughs) Well, I just didn't know that. Like I thought I had perfect vision until I started trying to focus. And I was like, is that one lash? What's happening? So I went to the eye doctor and eventually fixed it um, and figured out that I had astigmatism. So I wasn't able to focus. But as long as I go get checked up every few months and keep my prescription up to date, it's pretty good. Okay, nice. Yeah, I've seen sometimes students of mine, it's almost like their depth perception is off, like they'll completely like miss the lash. And I'm like, I don't think you can see. (laughs) So try these. You might need to go to the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. So what trainings do you feel like were most beneficial to you along your lash career so far? Um, I started with Lash Affair for classic and volume kind Mm -hmm. of on the same weekend after I found them and didn't know what I was doing. So that was super helpful just because I finally was like, oh, this is the way you do it. And I've been doing everything wrong. (laughs) So that was the first one. And then a couple of years later, I did Lash Makers in Miami, which was really helpful with my technique overall. And um, business-wise, it really kind of pointed me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then last October, I think it was a year ago now, that I took the face studies class with Trina and that was like life-changing all by itself too. Yeah. I've picked up something from like everyone 
like one yeah. piece from everyone that was just really helpful and put it all together. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like with taking classes, sometimes it's just you're learning something over again that you already kind of know. But I think every single person teaches something else that the other doesn't. And that's why I love taking classes still is because I think I literally learned something new on every single class, even if it was just like a couple of sentences that they said um, that I've never heard before. And so I think that's why continuing education is so important. Even if you're a trainer, even if you are a business owner and you're busy with your own girls and everything, it's so important to like make time to go out and keep up to date and stuff. Right. When you refresh yourself, I think it like teaches you things all over again and like how to slow down and go back to the beginning to do like get uh-huh. carried away and just start missing things as you're working. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you are over there and Providence, Rhode Island. What product line or lines work best for you over there? New England is really hard. I feel like I have to change my adhesive so often because mm-hmm. Sometimes like there's zero humidity. Sometimes there's like 80% humidity and it doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. It just constantly changes. So we always Mm -hmm. have to have something that is either, I have to have two and one's on the low end and one's on the high end. And I just end up wasting a bunch of product because it depends Mm -hmm. when I walk into my building, what I'm going to use or something that's like a wide range. Currently I've been using Clear Magic from EBL and that seems to like kind of be in the middle for me and it's been really working. Yeah. Okay. But besides that, that's pretty much the only thing that's like that changes, I think, from environment. Right. Yeah, of course. What are your favorite lashes to work with or tweezers? My favorite tweezers ever were the ones that I got in my face studies kit from Maven. And of course, I like break them and I ordered the rainbow (laughs) ones maybe like a couple of months ago and I loved them and dropped them too. But I do keep (laughs) a bunch of the EBL boot tweezers in stock because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm dropping everything all the time. I'm pretty clumsy, Mm -hmm. but um, as long as it's a boot tweezer, I can probably work with any one of them. Nice. Okay. And then lashes? I keep a few different kinds. I have some lash makers in EBL and a few lash affair, but I haven't Mm -hmm. really ventured out too much on that because I feel like I spend a lot of money and then if I get something in, I'm like all disappointed in myself because I don't like them. And if I find something, I like to stick with it. But mostly yeah. right now, mostly right now it's EBL. I just like love the darkness and the, they're so close mm-hmm. together on the strip. I feel like they never fail me. Yeah, no, I agree. I love EBL too. All right. So you now have your own salon and I think that you guys do a little bit more than just lashes there. So tell me about getting that started. How did that go? Well, when I first started in lashes, I kept working for salons and spas that just weren't for me. The environment wasn't right. And, you know, the boss is too much of a boss and doesn't give you freedom, even though they're hairstylists and have no idea what you should be doing as a lash artist. So I just always felt really controlled. And I feel like all me and all of my friends in the lash industry were just like struggling to find somewhere that works for us. And we kind of wanted to like give up. We didn't know where mm-hmm. to go. So then I just rented a little studio with one other friend of mine, but it was kind of too small and I wanted something where all my friends could work because everyone was complaining. So Mm -hmm. I found this like really nice open mill space and it's like a live to work space. So there's different levels. We have a whole kitchen and bathroom and everything. And it's just kind of cozy. And I just wanted everyone to be able to be comfortable and not kind of like hate going to work every day. 
Nice. So um, there's four lash artists, and then I have one brow artist who rents for me because I don't know anything about brows, so I'm not mm-hmm. controlling that part. And she just, um, we don't do microblading or anything. She just waxes intense. Nice. What do you feel like were some of the struggles you faced when you were opening that salon? Definitely. I had two people who I knew were going to work for me and who I wanted to like give a nice home to who've been with me since we opened a little bit over a year ago. But then I was trying to bring in new girls because I don't offer classic anymore. And I was like, oh, we should have like a couple of junior artists that will do that. And finding the right people is probably like the hardest thing I've ever been through. You put so much trust and so much time and effort into training someone. You like kind of give them everything you know. And then they either think that, oh, I wanted to be rich overnight. I thought that's what happened. So I give up. I I didn't know it was going to be work. And they leave you or they learn from you and they leave you. So I feel like that's been a struggle for me emotionally, I think. Yeah. I always like to ask people that, you know, own their own salons. Like, I guess it kind of falls into that same question I just asked, but like, what were some of the biggest realizations that you made once you became a salon owner? (laughs) I guess that not everybody is your friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Separating that from work has been kind of hard for me because like I said, I was employing all of my friends. So that was really hard to separate. And I don't like to be, I guess, like mean or, or like assertive with them. And when I have to, it's like a little bit heartbreaking, but it's like, okay, this is business and this is what we have to do. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I I feel the same. Like whenever I opened the salon here in Austin, I didn't really think it was going to be as difficult or as like emotionally trying as it is and still is. So yeah, I just, I think a lot of people aspire to be a salon owner one day. And sometimes I'm like, are you sure? Cause it's not, it's not all that you think it is. I promise. Like if it, if um, it works for you to work for somebody else, you should just keep going. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that I didn't know I was going to have to do. And so many things that I'm going to mm. pay for now that I had no idea that I was going to have to be paying for. Yeah. Uh, same. Like I completely distorted like my financial projections because I had no idea like some of the things that I pay for now were going to be as expensive or even that I had to pay for those things. Right. Um, right. Oh. But yeah. So, so far in your last career, what do you think has been like your most rewarding or just like a favorite memory that you have? Um, I think just the day that I finally opened up my own studio and got everyone mm-hmm. in there and was just like relaxed and I felt like calm that I never had to deal with anyone telling me what to do again. I think that was probably my favorite day. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like makes y'all's studio so different than other places around y'all? Oh, Rhode Island is kind of just littered with lash artists who we don't have any regulations. So no one's really licensed or trained well. And they kind of are just like YouTube artists. And I don't really like to like bash on that because everyone has to start somewhere. But yeah. um, I think it's it's different for everyone that everyone that works for me. And when you come in, you're definitely guaranteed to have like healthy lashes, exactly what you want, a great consultation. You're going to leave happy no matter what I've had. So we have so many new clients that come to us that have like chemical burns and these just horrifying experiences. And then they leave and they're so thankful that they found us 
because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is supposed to be like relaxing and enjoying. And then I like love what I look like when I leave. So I feel like that's just made us a lot different. And it's just like a cute environment. It's really easygoing um, salons that I, I find like are really intense when you walk in, like everyone's kind of at each other's throats and like and competition with each other. And we're all friends and we're all on the same page. So I think that's like really nice for our clients to come into. For sure. Do you do refresher courses with your girls or how do they stay up to date with training? Yes, we we try to find we we all have a lot of different schedules and some of the girls have two jobs. So it's hard to find days where we can all just like sit down and do something together. But I do like to at least like once every month or two months if I can, we spend like an entire day off and we'll do we'll pick like something to troubleshoot on um, and do some models and sit down for like eight hours and, you know, I'll go through anything that they're having trouble on. I'll fix it. Anyone that has any questions or suggestions, we kind of just like go over all of it and sit Mm -hmm. and get get done some like amazing models. So we all have photos. So we get kind of a lot out of that day. We get like some content and learning and like team building too together. Yeah, it's hard to to organize, but it's great when it happens. (laughs) Yeah, we started doing um, something similar and it is really hard to find like even just one day for us to do it. But when we do do it, I think it's so beneficial to everyone involved. So, all right. So what does a typical day look like for you now that you own a salon? Are you still seeing clients yourself? Yes. I like to say that I only am physically working like three days a week, but then it ends up four, sometimes five or six mm-hmm. because I have a really hard time saying no. And I am like a people pleaser and I just want to get everyone in. <laughs> Or if I'm going on vacation, I'm like, oh, I'll take more clients this day. So I have more spending money. Mm -hmm. So my schedule's still all over the place. Um, The girls are pretty, like, self-sufficient anyway. I don't really have to do much. Besides, I try to reserve a lot of time for, like, marketing, Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. like, social media is a full-time job. But I'm not really a routine person, except, like, when I wake up in the morning, there's, like, skincare routine. I walk my dog, and I drink a lot of coffee, and then I go to work, whatever that (laughs) means for the day. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. When do you feel like you are like the most productive? Like, is it a certain day of the week or is it a certain week out of the month? Like what keeps you going? I don't think it's like a certain day or anything, but maybe like time of day, definitely in the morning. I've been getting worn out so quickly because I've just been working too much. And I think I never really took care of my body the way people told me I should. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like feeling all these physical effects. So the morning I feel great, but after a couple of clients, I'm like, oh, okay, I need to go home because I can't move mm-hmm. my neck or my eyes hurt and now I have a migraine. But the morning's great for me. So I've been trying to like take just a few clients every day in the morning so that I don't burn myself out by nighttime. Mm-hmm. And then I know that you teach some privates. When do you have time for that? Like, are you just basing it off of the student schedule or do you have like set times throughout the month that you try to do those? I am not really like advertising classes or anything. So I kind of just wait for like emails or DMs or whatever people to approach me. And then I'm like, what works for you? And I'll try and figure out the best days. Usually, usually like Sunday, Monday, because I have a very open floor plan in my studio. So I don't have much private space. So it has to be when the other girls aren't working. But typically it's like a Sunday, Monday. And I'll be like, here's all the dates I have. Here's all the dates you have. We'll figure out what works. Just kind of whenever it can happen. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like makes your trainings different than any other training? What makes them unique? I think just that 
I will only do one-on-ones and I like to really not like kind of like preach at my students. I want it to be like more of a conversation and like, here's the things that I do. How do you feel about this? Or like try out all these different things. I'm not just trying to teach like one method or like sell one product to them. And I like the freedom of being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I think also one-on-ones are really great for people who kind of already have a little bit of background in lashing because then they're able to come with their questions and come with the struggles that they face currently and like get real genuine feedback instead of kind of sitting back in a class and just kind of hoping that your question gets answered. And yeah, so I like one-on-ones as well. What do you look for when you are bringing on an artist? So I definitely look for someone who has like a good work ethic because, and like someone who I know is going to show up and has like passion and is excited because I've gone through at this point, I've made so many mistakes of hiring people who are just like, oh, I think I want to do that. I can do that. Or they're cosmetologists. So sure, I'll be able to train them just because they kind of have a background. Mm-hmm. So and it, it, that's not ever how it works out. I'm like, okay, some people have like the background in beauty, but they're just not trainable because lashing takes so much and it's hard to make someone understand that it's such hard work at first. And they think that it's going to be like an overnight thing and they're going to be great tomorrow. And they don't mm-hmm. want to put in the effort of practice. Like if you can't keep your hands in it, you're not going to get anywhere. So I just always try to look for someone who I can tell is like excited and ready to work and really put a lot of effort into it. Cause I feel like people like that are trainable, whether they're not great at first or they are because they're willing right. to keep putting the work into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say you're, you know, on social media and you're scrolling and you're looking through, you know, people that you follow or even like the explore page, what are your favorite sets to look at? Like what are some things that you can like adjectives, I guess, to describe like the, like a beautiful set of lashes versus maybe something not so beautiful to you? I think I've lately just been really drawn to like symmetry and like a smooth like wave of a lash Mm -hmm. I used I used to really love like texture and messiness and just like darkness like kind of like a like a flirty strip lash look and now after I think I'm like trained by the internet my eyes just so obsessed with like a nice symmetrical lash line so those are the kind of things that I'm obsessed with and scroll by and I'm like what did she use how did she do that yeah. Um, so how do you feel about mega volume then? I think that I, I love mega volume when it's done correctly, but I just think that the term itself has been taken and twisted and turned into something that maybe it shouldn't be. Yeah. A lot of mega volume artists are kind of just taking a bunch of really thin lashes and popping them on. And as long as it's dark and thick and full, it's mega volume when it mm-hmm. should still be as symmetrical and beautiful and like well made as regular volume. I agree. There was a picture I saw one day where somebody had picked up a mega volume fan from the floor and they had posted it on Instagram like, oh, look what I picked up. Like it's one of our mega volume fans that we made and it looked probably like 20D and not symmetrical at all. Just kind of, It literally sometimes looks like someone just plucked lashes off of a strip and put it on a lash, didn't do anything to it. So I don't know. I feel like the more we talk about like maybe 
some better options on how to do mega volume or maybe some better trainings to go to. I feel like that'll start to catch on hopefully. So I yeah. try to talk about that on the show a lot um, just because I don't like seeing the industry go in that direction. Right. Maybe people right. will listen if you talk enough. <laughs> yeah. So I know as a business owner, it is very hard to find like work-life balance would you say that you are good at balancing, you know, your other other parts of your life or would you say that's more of a struggle for you? It's been a struggle for a very long time. I kind of use work to escape all of anything uh-huh. that's stressful in my life. So it just becomes like more and more of what I'm doing every day. I'm like, well, I have to work. But if I don't, if I keep working, I don't have to go deal with all this other stress. So let's just keep doing mm-hmm. it. And um, like I hear everyone else talk about um, on here too, is that it kind of covers a lot of areas for you, like with your hobbies and everything and like social interaction. And we love what we do. So we spend a lot of time on it, but I have been really trying to focus on just because like with all like the physical things that are happening to me and I feel like I'm getting burnt out and trying to find a balance more and more lately. So I've been trying to like get outside more and like do more things, read more Really all I do right now is like, I'll come home from work and I love to cook. So I'll like open a bottle of wine and cook dinner and try and decompress that way. But I don't really have any specific like hobbies or anything outside of work. Yeah. That's something that a lot of us have in common here in this industry, I think. But what, like say the beauty industry was gone tomorrow. What do you think you'd be doing? I definitely something in the medical field. When I was in high school, I went to vocational school, so I got my CNA, and I always thought that I would go to nursing school, and my mom was like, you are not going to college because you're not going to stay in it, and I know you. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll wait, and then I went to cosmetology school, and then a few years in, right when I started lashing, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't see. This is so frustrating. I don't know what I'm doing, and I like kind of gave up and started college again, and I was going to try to go back like into nursing or something. But then I realized like, that's not for me. I can't do something that is like eight hours a day, or maybe even if you're a nurse, like 12 hours a day and you're just like mm-hmm. being told what to do and it's repetitive. I was like, okay, no, we're going, <laughs> we're going back into lashes. <laughs> so with the industry being like unregulated over there, are you somebody that like wants to advocate for changing that in your state or are there people that are trying to do that or, or how does that work? Is there, cause I feel like there's only just a few States left that don't have it regulated. Do you feel like right. it's more of a positive thing because you can kind of just take in whoever you want and like train them yourself? Or would you say that it hinders the industry over there? I think that there are some lash artists that I've met along the way and someone that I've hired recently that isn't licensed, um, but I'm training her from the beginning to end that I, she works in the medical field. So I feel like she has an understanding of like cleanliness and like sanitation and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's really well organized and she's already doing amazing. Like even like her first model that she brought to me, I was like, okay, this is good. This is going to go great. And I have a really good friend of mine who works in Connecticut. They also have no regulations at all for almost any of their beauty industry. And she is incredible. Everything she does is like by the book. She's so talented. There's people like that, but then there's a lot of people coming out of high school and just learning off of YouTube and going into it. And it's, it's so scary. The stuff that comes to me and like, they have like, I've seen like chemical burns on faces that they said they had, 
to go to the doctor because their throat was closing from like the smoke coming off their eyes. So there's like two sides for it, but definitely more, more dangerous than good. There is one girl who worked slightly far away from me, but I've kept in contact with um, over the years that she's like a huge advocate for changing it and she's trying to. So she brought it up to me about like, we have to do petitions and stuff like that. So I'm definitely ready to help her go in that direction. Just because I guess like it is competition too, and they're undercharging us. And it's really frustrating when you're trying to like keep a standard for it. And there's a lot of good artists, but we we can't charge because everyone is undercharging us and you can teach clients a lot about what they should be looking for and you know why we're better but it's hard to be like well they charge $35 and I charge $300 who who are they going to go to first yeah so it's really difficult so that's what I was going to ask because are you finding that you're having to constantly sit there and educate clients about what is right and wrong? Or do you see any clients coming to you saying like, no, I appreciate that you went to school for this, or I appreciate that you, you know, take continuing education. And like, that's why I'm coming to you. Like, do you feel like clients kind of know like what to look for? Or how does that work? I think some clients know and some clients don't. Some people will be like, I have been searching forever. And I've seen so much bad work. And I'm so happy I found you. And like, you have a license and like, this is what I've been looking for. And they love when you sit there and take the time to like explain to them what you're doing and everything and why you're doing it. And then there's other people who are like, yeah, but I don't care. I just want you to do this. And I'm like, okay, you're not my client then. Yeah. There's only so much you can do and so much you can say, but for the most part, I think with me personally, my price point being a little higher than the girls who work for me, I don't see like the negativity as much because they're, they see that price point and they know what they're getting and that's why they're coming. But with the girls who are just starting and they're lower prices, you get the clients who are looking for deals and are looking for like, why do you charge more? And they're kind of questioning you more. But I think mm-hmm. once you, once they get through you telling them like why, and they see what they have on their face and they see other people, or even maybe they went to someone bad and they came to you and you fix them and they feel better and it doesn't hurt and it looks good on their face shape or whatever, they appreciate you a lot more and they kind of like never want to let you go. Mm -hmm. No, I can see that. And then I wanted to ask about the training over there too then. So like when you teach, do you try to go more in depth on like sanitation and, and stuff like that, stuff that normally you'd learn in beauty school, like in your courses? I actually haven't had, except for the one girl that I hired that doesn't have a license that I took a risk on there, but it turned out great. I haven't had any students approach me who aren't already licensed. So I haven't trained anyone without a license yet. I feel like when it came down to that, I would kind of like take it, like I would probably check the person out before I decide if I was going to train them or not. And then when I did, I would definitely probably go into cleanliness and sanitation and like work set up and everything like that a lot more. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So you mentioned that you like reading now um do you recommend any books for the listeners so i feel like i'm kind of a child with my reading i read a lot of like like uh young adult fantasy books and stuff i'm like someone who's obsessed with harry potter and like vampires and i think maybe that's because it's not so serious and i can like i'm just gonna read this book and forget about everything but i also do i haven't been able to read as much lately because i've been getting a lot of migraines 
from working so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. So I stopped for a while. So I have like gone into the podcast world a little bit more, mm-hmm. which for me, it's a lot of true crime podcasts. Last podcast on the left is like my favorite thing in the world right now. And I've even got my boyfriend listening to it with me. So that's fun. Um, and then I do try to, I do try to listen to like business and marketing podcasts, but I don't really have a favorite one yet. A bunch of people have yeah. suggested stuff to me. I just kind of like search through episodes and I'm like, oh, I want to learn about this algorithm or like this piece of marketing. So I'll like search for it and listen to one. So I'm sure just from listening to this podcast, you can see like all the people that say that they listen to crime and like murder podcasts. I don't understand. I don't get it. But I used to actually read a lot of like mystery and like crime stuff books, but like the podcast thing, it's too real for me. I think I couldn't listen to like stories about that. It would freak me out. I already am super paranoid. So (laughs) couldn't do it. (laughs) But it's just so interesting that so many of you guys are really into that. Let's see. So I wanted to ask if there is any, you know, controversial topics, um, methods or anything that you see in our industry that you wanted to talk about. I think something I struggle with a lot with the people who work for me and with my students is I try to teach everyone not to show others bad work. Like I see a lot of people on the internet that think that like bashing someone else's work is going to make them look better. And I, it's like, every time I see it, I'm like, Oh, Oh boy. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's for someone who's new. It's they think it's maybe like a great marketing technique to be like, this is bad, but this is what I do. Just like a comparison, which I, I understand, I get. And I know that like new artists love doing that to show that they're trained well, but I just like find it a little tacky. And I feel like, you know, you can like attract more bees with honey. Like if you keep showing what you do well, people are going to see that and they're going to want to go to you for what you do. Yeah. And like for me personally, like as a trainer in my area, locally, there's a lot of bad work. And if I, if I'm posting pictures of someone's bad work and they recognize that as their client or something or the client reposts it and is like, look what I did today. I fixed these bad lashes. Like they're not going to want to come to me as a trainer. They're going to be like, oh, well, I wanted some advice from her or a mentorship or like a refresher course, but she's a jerk. So um, I'll stay away from her now. So I just kind of would rather avoid the controversy with that. Yeah, no, um, to be honest, I was guilty of that in the very beginning of my lash career. And I think it stemmed from honestly some insecurity that I had some Mm -hmm. like, you know, this hunger to just like get all the clients and like, get more clients. And so I would do that. And then one day, I don't know what it was. It was probably like like a year into me working. I realized like that I hated my page because, you know, every once in a while I would have a picture and this was before, like you could do like the multiple pictures thing, Mm -hmm. but I would, I usually would like make a stupid little collage of like bad work and then my work. (laughs) And it was so rude to do. I realized, and it also like made my page look worse like I I would rather like someone go to my page and they see just like really pretty work right they're scrolling down and they're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes so I deleted everything like that same day that I realized how bad that was to do that and then from then on I never did it again I think there's a difference between like saying, you know, hey, you guys, this is what to look for when you're searching for a lash artist versus versus just totally being like, this is bad work and this is my work. Like it is tacky and um, it doesn't spread uh, the right message really or in the right way, I think. So I agree with that. So what would you say this is, I think the last question that I have for you, do you have like 
Any words that you live by or would you say that you have a motto? I wouldn't say that I have a motto or like words exactly, but the one thing that I think kind of changed my life is, this is so cheesy, every time I tell any of my friends this, or just like anyone in general, I'm like, oh, you need to watch The Secret or, or read The Secret. They're like, oh, God, Vanessa. <laughs> but I just feel like I used to be like really negative about most things. And if something wasn't going my way, I would just be in a bad mood about it. And that would it would never change anything. Um, mm-hmm. So finally, like when I realized, like after I watched and read that, I realized like you put positive energy out. It's going to keep working yeah. in your favor rather than if you're like just kind of like spewing negative energy and feeling negative all the time. It's all that's going to come back to you. It's not, never yeah. going to change. Could you relate that to like working, like to la- like when you're actually applying lashes? Can you relate, you know, the secret or like having a positive mindset to that? Um, definitely, because I think if you're just like, oh, I suck at this, or oh, I don't have any clients, or like I can't make this fan, I can't get this to attach. It's just like, okay, well, if mm-hmm. you're just going to keep being mad about it, you're probably not going to change anything. So if you go, oh, maybe like. I, if I keep going, it'll get better. Or maybe if I change my mindset and just think better about it, it'll come to me eventually. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today to keep up with Vanessa, check out the show notes for her social media handles. And I just have a slight ask of you. If you haven't left a review for Lash Boss Radio, please do so. You can basically just go to it from the app that you're on and just leave a rating and review, preferably five stars. Otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I'll be back in a few short days for the next one. 